0: to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. It is the end of the week, the Friday. You finally made it. Welcome aboard to kick off your weekend. I know you're excited about it. I'm excited about it. You scream ice cream. We all scream for ice cream or adult beverages, one or the other. Not sure what your flavor of choice may be. Welcome in. Lots to get to today. It is the best day of the entire week broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in wichita kansas on our flagship radio station we are all over the country radio tv live streaming podcasting on multiple stations all over the place plus our podcast which i have to say thank you thank you Thank you for the podcast downloads and for the views. Our ratings on radio look very, very good. Our podcast downloads have broken yet another record for the last month of September. And I was just checking them as I was going live uh, just at the top of the hour trying to get things up and going. And our uh, uh, podcast download numbers already for the first couple of days blew my mind was not expecting that. So you guys rock. I love you guys. Plus our video streams and numbers on all the social media and video views that we have every day is awesome as well. So you guys kill it. I thank you so much. I couldn't do this without you guys. And it is the best way to kick off a weekend. No guests today. You and I chit in the chat. We're looking across the aisle, looking across the bar here, gazing into each other's eyes, wondering, do they really like conservatism? Do they really like the idea of federalism? Do they really like the idea of limited government and the attack on socialism? Because that's what we're all about here on this show. So welcome into it. There is a lot to talk about, though, as we wrap up the week. We have unemployment numbers that came out today, and the stock market took a tank. Again, I mean, we wrapped up last week and wrapped up last quarter. For the third quarter in a row, we've had massive GDP losses. The last week, we saw the S&P 500 close at the lowest that it had closed for the entire year of 2022. And the Biden administration's out there saying, hey, don't worry. The economy's doing great, guys. Don't worry. Things are back on the uptrend here. I I think that... Not quite. Joe Biden, you feeling all right, buddy? I know that you're in a state of desperation right now. I, I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. That's all right. So we'll get to those numbers here in just a little bit. I I want to start off with the program, though, with electric vehicles. And I'm not going to spend much time on it, but I have to talk about this for a second. I will say that I, for the first time, what was it, last week? The first time last week, I got the privilege of riding in an electric vehicle, a through-on-through through Tesla electric vehicle. One of our co-workers at the radio station here ended up purchasing one just a while ago, and he brought it to the station. And he goes, Andy, you need to check this thing out. And I will tell you that riding in the electric vehicle was very cool. I enjoyed it. It was neat. I mean, the tech, obviously, I, okay, first off, to put this into perspective, this is the guy that you're trying to impress right now. This is the guy who's driving a 1994 beat-up vehicle that's paid for in full because I'm doing the hoopty to pay off the debt kind of thing because I can't afford a brand new vehicle right now. So it doesn't take much technology to um, excite me or to impress me compared to what I'm currently driving. I had to literally cut out a grill. To build a grill on my car. You like that? like that? Yeah. See, where's my... Oh, come on, man. Where's my rim shots? I uh, guess we'll have to do it that way. All right. Nonetheless, uh, someone messed with my uh, sound effect board here, and I don't have my... Winning. I guess I could do that as well. All right. Anyways, so it doesn't take much to impress me. So it's a brand new... I think it was a 2020 or 2019 Tesla that he, won, that he bought, and uh, I got to ride in it. And it's very interesting. It's very cool. It's very technologically savvy, but I still probably wouldn't get one. And he showed me, I mean, the battery that charges and the charging stations and what you have to do to get the charger. And then, of course, the utility bill that's going to be skyrocketing because of charging it every single night. And that's all just a complete mess. But it is a cool car. And I will say I would totally support Elon Musk. And if I had the cash, maybe I would get one, not as my main vehicle, because obviously it wouldn't last very long, but uh, I might get one at some point just for the sake of having one if I had just $60,000 laying around as expendable cash, and I was like, hey, why not? Let's just do this for the fun of it. It's a cool vehicle. However... I wouldn't get one, especially where I live in the state of Kansas where we have tornadoes and really crazy hail and stuff because I would be very concerned about the damage of it like we're starting to see, according to Fox News, where electric vehicles are now exploding and catching fire from the water damage from those that are living down where the hurricane hit them. Oh, my. Now, I know that they can handle, obviously, some rain if you're driving in the rain. They can handle some hail, although the crazy part about these vehicles is that they actually have a complete sunroof. The entire roof of the car is nothing but a plate of glass. And they say it can handle, like, 5,000 pounds or whatever, so it's not going to be damaged by hail too terribly bad. But you can only imagine the crazy number of electrical shorts that could happen if it gets submerged in water because of a hurricane and not that Candace is going to have any crazy, you know, end-of-the-world hurricanes anytime soon. Maybe. Not going to say never. Never say never. You don't know. But I always think I'm going to pass on it. It's a cool vehicle. Still don't know that I'm quite sold on it yet. Just uh, and it's, it, Even if I did buy it, it wouldn't have anything to do with the whole save the environment. It's really just because it's a cool car with the technology. Nonetheless, that's my little bit on that one. It was neat to drive in one though, and to ride in one. It was definitely a very cool experience. I felt like I was in a spaceship. You ever watch that show, uh, Quantum Leap? And the uh, like the the intro to Quantum Leap back in the eighties and nineties, where they have that like car that's all lit up and fluorescent and like flashing and everything, zooming down the highway. That's what I felt like I was in. So it was really neat, and I give them props for having some really cool technology on those fronts. All right, I want to get into what's trending here for a Friday what's trending today we have a lot to talk about we are obviously in the month of october which means we are just weeks away from halloween one of the greatest holidays of the entire year you're excited about that i know you are and as we get closer to election time we're getting close to what now everybody seems to be talking about which is the october surprise And for those that may not be relatively involved in politics to know what the October surprise is, two to three weeks out before election time, there's always a big bombshell that gets dropped. And it's from either side of the aisle, Republican or Democrat, but it's usually done at a local level. It's usually done for a city council or a county commission or a state legislative seat or maybe a governor's race or sometimes even a congressional seat, but it's usually done for a state race where there's a major bombshell, sex scandal from candidates, you know, that kind of thing. That's usually the kind of October surprise, and I use that in air quotes for our radio listeners, that usually gets dropped just weeks before the election or even days before the election. Although that's really tough now with early voting and with how much Democrats try to push early voting, unless they do that to Republicans. But there's always an October surprise, some type of bombshell that's supposed to rattle the voter and make them second-guess supporting the candidate that they say they're going to support. Republican and a sex scandal. That's what we're seeing with Herschel Walker right now coming out of Georgia. It's not going to work. I still think Herschel Walker is going to win that one. But that's what they're trying just weeks beforehand. Look at this. He paid for an abortion and he had a sex scandal. Okay, cool. Whatever. Let's move on and let's actually talk about the issues. When they get to that level, to me, that shows a sign of desperation because, hey, I don't know how to beat them on ideas. So let's try to attack their personal life. I mean, is their personal life important? Sure, it is. But come on, man. That's uh, to me, that's dirty politics and I don't like it. Well, the latest polls show that Republicans are inching back up in the approval ratings again nationwide, which we'll get to in a second for the total numbers. But that's after a really about a month or so where we were neck and neck and we lost all of the gains that we had for the entire year. Republicans were up 10 points at the beginning of the year in January. And then, like typical Republican fashion, we end up losing it because we do stupid things. We don't stay on top of the game. We don't stay out there in front of the mass media talking about the issues and actually directing the content. We're just responding to Democrat content, and we lose the gain. Now, Democrats, they gained a little bit. I think they did it a little bit too soon. They ended up losing it again because they self-implode, and they just say really, really stupid stuff and expect people to go along with it. So now the October surprise is really going to be a bag of trick or treat. Are we going to get treats or are we going to get tricks? Well, Democrats don't know what to do. They're kind of like the kids at a birthday party trying to swing at the pinata with their uh, with the mask on, blindfolded, because they don't know what's going to win this year. <laughs> they thought it was going to be children because the election last year showed that, well, many parents and many individuals are concerned about the public education system. So what did they do? They focused on the transgenderism issue and the LGBTQ issue for Children. They also focused on the abortion issue at the reversal of, of the Supreme Court decision on Roe v. Wade. So they thought that was going to be the number one ticket item for them. We focus on the social issues. We say that abortion's cool, but then we want to corrupt the kids that are born, but then not let any other kids be born if that's what people want to do. And that was their focal point. And it didn't quite pan out that way because the latest polls nationwide show the economy is the number one issue out there like we've said so many times before the fact that we are seeing gas prices impact people's pocketbooks so much right now would that change how you're considering voting for the next election whether it's congressional later this year or presidential a couple years down the road definitely definitely i just know that one administration had cheaper gas and this administration has more expensive gas plain and simple and by the way those gas prices are going up we closed the stock market today up back over ninety dollars a barrel so we're on that way back up to $100 a barrel, $120 a barrel, which means you can expect to see $5, 6 7 a gallon of gas compared to where you are in the nation. Nonetheless, they didn't quite get to hone in on the topical issues that they wanted to focus on going into election season. That gave them a slight bump during the summertime. So now they're they're losing again. So now they have to come out with a new quote-unquote October surprise. And it's kind of a mixed bag of trick tricking or treating. They really or again, they're the blindfolded kid swinging away at the pinata and swinging and a miss for another one because they have no clue what to focus on. That's going to make them win because they've sucked and they've lost at everything that they've tried. It's typical Democrat fashion again in style, but that's what they're trying. So they're trying to do the politics of fear and the politics of buying off new voters. Over the last week, we've seen the uh, student loan forgiveness program, which is being challenged in court right now and potentially stalled, but that's what they try to do. Let's buy off the younger generation that has student loans because that will spur the economy because then they can reinvest in the consumer market. Then we saw yesterday, they say, well, we're going to decriminalize marijuana at the federal level to allow states to do that, so that way we can start cleaning out the jails for simple marijuana, which, okay, I, I could totally understand that argument. I think a lot of people can go along with that, but they're trying to hold up pot and student loans as the treat they're giving the younger generation. On the trick side, they're using the politics of fear after hearing about the leaking. Do you really think this is big news? When you see the headlines of the federal government buys what? Oh, yeah. They buy the, uh, uh, what was it, the uh, uh, anti-radiation pills, the uh, anti-radiation medical stuff at the federal level. They bought $250 million of anti-radiation pills as we get set for the nuclear war that Joe Biden says that we're potentially going to be in with Russia. Now, You can say, Andy, why would that be a trick? Why would that be the politics of fear and why would they throw that in unnecessarily going into election season? Well, predominantly in this country. When there's a war going on, we don't change leadership because we don't like to transition and have the transition of power and have that uncertainty in the nation during a time of war, during a time of conflict. And that's been historically shown. So while he's trying to buy off one group of individuals with the younger generation, we're now trying to scare the older generation by saying we're about ready to go into nuclear war. Is it true? I don't know. Have they bought those supplies before for the anti-radiation pills? I don't know. Why would they be reporting it now, just weeks beforehand? We've had eight months of this craziness with Russia in the Ukraine. Why all of a sudden now are we threatening to go into a nuclear war and conflict with Russia right before the election when we don't want to change power? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. bring some reason into your day this is the voice of reason with andy hoosier so i'm not one that buys into a whole lot of fear there's a lot of politics of fear out there there's a lot of people that try to hype up you know the end of the world's coming the doomsday stuff i don't buy into it i used to but after a while it's exhausting and when it doesn't happen repeatedly over and over and over and over again then i just kind of get numb to it and i just okay whatever if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen i just don't care anymore i mean obviously i stay prepared in case the power goes out, and so in case something crazy happens, you know, always be prepared. You know, Boy Scout motto. Uh, I got to see, actually, a chapter of the Boy Scouts around here locally just a couple of weeks ago. That was pretty cool. But, uh, which I haven't seen in a long time, which why I was like, oh, hey, I remember that stuff. But be prepared. That's always the motto. So, you're always prepared for something but you know just to like sit there and wait for it and anticipate it and i just can't do that anymore man and this politics of fear is exhausting because when you stay in that realm of this is it the world's going to end right now this is it things are going to happen right now then it's just it's it gains on you it just gets to you after a while but now that's what they're trying especially in politics and the fear tactics that's used on both sides of the aisle let's be honest republicans and democrats do this both but They really take up the hyperbole a bit with the end of the world on the Democrat side right now, don't they? Hey, don't worry. You can smoke pot now and you can uh, write off your student loans because we're going to get rid of that student loan payment. We're going to buy off that whole young generation where those are the issues that concern them. But then, oh, by the way, there's going to be a nuclear attack. According to the Associated Press and Joe Biden statement, nuclear Armageddon risk is the highest since 1962 crisis right now as they are prepared – Is this the October surprise? Is this the politics of fear to keep people from either going to the polls or to vote to retain Democrat control because we don't want to transition a power during a time of a massive conflict that could lead to a world war? Dick Morris and Newsmax uh, had something to say about that. It's Halloween, so the October surprise is right here. (laughs) I have warned about this in my book, The Return, and I've been amplifying it on your show and other shows Uh, For the last week or two, last night, Biden was at a fundraiser in New York or dinner in New York at Murdoch's home, the son of the New York Post owner. And uh, he said that we're facing Armageddon, a Russian nuclear war, and that we have to prepare for this. And this is the most serious threat since the Cuban Missile Crisis. And I predict in this book that he's going to wag the dog. He's going to try to distract attention from inflation and the problems we have by warning about nuclear weapons in Russia. Is that really going to work? Could that honestly really, truly work by what he says wagging the dog by distracting you? Hey, I know inflation is 9% right now. I know that gas is climbing up to probably 5 or $6 a gallon again, even probably worse than what we had seen earlier this year in late spring or early summer. I know it's going to get really bad because of the policies that we have. And, of course, they're going to blame it on Russia. They're going to blame it on sanctions. They're going to blame it on COVID-19 or supply chain issues. They can't blame that stuff anymore. They've done it for a year and a half now, and it doesn't work. Is this going to be the issue that distracts people from voting and turning out and getting rid of Democrat control? is this a, And would it work? Right now, near 60% of Americans, according to polls, show that the economy is their number one issue. But will that deter them and say, you know what, I'm totally okay with 9% inflation and nothing on my grocery shelves as long as we don't get into a nuclear conflict with Russia and if Joe Biden and Democrats stay in control to try and damper that down? I said months ago when this whole conflict with Russia and Ukraine started and then all the sanctions, the I, I use sanctions again very loosely with air quotes here, the slap on the wrist that we did with Russia because it really didn't do a whole lot against their economy or deterring Russia from doing anything. I said all the way back then that Russia and the Biden administration were working in cahoots together to make the Biden administration look good and look like that they could walk in, they could handle the issue, they could try and work with Putin, and then be the saving grace, the great Gandalf riding in on the great white horse to save the day on it. Are they using that? Never let a crisis go to waste. Are they using that to try and make the Biden administration look necessary going into election time, making Democrats look necessary going into election time because they have nothing else to run on? So just scare the crap everybody out of everybody about a nuclear war coming up right around the corner if we end up changing power. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When reason meets radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Reason common sense rationale. We, we at least attempt it. We tried it here on the program. It's a very difficult thing. It's definitely the minority in the nation right now, reasoning common sense and rationale. But by golly, we try it and we do the best that we can each and every day. Welcome into the show. Multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen, we love you to death and appreciate you. I mean, we're seeing the response and I could not be more grateful. For what you guys do for this, so thank you very, very much. We love you to that Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag, trying to rebrand the Millennial Generation 1 radio listener at a time. All right. Is the... Nuclear threat going to deter individuals from the election or to vote Democrat and trying to swing it the other way. Again, uh, while we're going into Halloween season, we have a mixed bag of tricking and treating while they're trying to buy off the young generation and the new voters in the country, while at the same time scaring everybody else about a nuclear war. Here's the thing. If we're going to have a nuclear war, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would want them to tell us and give us a heads up and say that the risk is very high and we potentially could see that, and obviously we saw that with the Cold War and before that as well, but... Would they really tell us? Would they really? Normally, the government doesn't tell us a whole lot because they don't want panic in the streets. Normally, they don't want that information coming out. So, the nice little breadcrumbs of, oh, the government's buying anti radiation pills at the federal level by the sum of $290 million. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? By Joe Biden coming out and leaking it, oh, we're going to have an Armageddon because we have the largest nuclear threat, which, by the way, shook everybody else in D.C. because even the heads of states didn't even know that or thought that. It was just Joe Biden rambling. So where's the line drawn in today's times? Because apparently that's the murky lines here. Where's the line drawn between being concerned about a threat and just some old guy up there ranting and raving because he doesn't know what the hell he's doing as president of the United States? with someone that has dementia now that we think, or at least someone that's not cognitively there all the time, that's a hard line trying to be found. That's a very thin line. I don't think it even is a line. It's just kind of a blur because that's what he sees every day is just a blur. See, again, where's my rim shot, man? Ah, can't even crack any jokes anymore without the proper sound effects on my wall here. (laughs) So is that going to deter individuals away from election time? Because... They're trying the tricking and treating bag mixed together to distract you again from the main issues of the day, which is the vast majority of what Americans are paying attention to, which of course is the economy. What's trending today? Just to give you a heads up, if you don't pay attention to this, the stock market closed it dramatically down. So last quarter, at the end of last week, on September 30th, we closed, and it was down big time. It was 1,000 points down. We're down below 30,000 points again for the Dow Jones. Uh, It took a major hit three quarters in a row with GDP loss, which, by the way, by definition, with the slowing down of the economy and negative GDP growth, means that we are in a recession. But they won't tell you that. no. They won't tell you we're in a recession because they don't want you to know that we're in a recession. So they're like, oh, yeah, but the jobs growth is up there. The jobs growth is doing really good. Everything else is doing great. It's just the GDP growth. So we're not technically in a recession, but we are. Because by definition, when you have two quarters of it, then we are. So now we're in three quarters of a recession. And yet they're like, well, a recession's looming. Okay. All right. Thanks. Appreciate that. So, the reason that we closed down early today, we saw a bit of a spike early in the week, and then we saw it just kind of trickle its way, its way down throughout the week again. We closed down today 630 points in the red. Again, the SP was down 100, NASDAQ was down 420. Why? Well, they say it's because of the job growth falling short of its expectations. Now, wait a second. Hold on. Hey. They were telling us just a month ago that we or the last quarter at the beginning of last quarter that we weren't in a recession because the job growth has been so high that while the GDP has been shrinking, technically we haven't been in a recession because jobs haven't been where they need to be. Well, the month of September's expectations fell short as we saw two hundred and sixty three jobs for the month that was down from the anticipation of the two hundred and seventy five thousand jobs. So we were roughly what twelve thousand jobs short of what the expectations were. Unemployment rate was at three and a half percent versus the forecast of three point seven percent. Okay, let me get this straight. We had less jobs. Again, this is how the, this is why the government gets themselves so twisted up and not, you don't know what the hell's going on. We saw less jobs being created for the month of September, but unemployment went down more than what they anticipated. Does that make any sense to anybody? We were down 12,000 jobs short of what they expected, but the unemployment rate went from 3.7% from what they expected to 3.5% to 35 So we're 0.2% better in the unemployment rate by not gaining 12,000 jobs than what we had expected. Explain, to, <laughs> Explain to me how that makes sense. Now, of course, the economists are going, well, because not so many people applied for unemployment benefits, so therefore, you know, they dropped off there. And that's exactly why they play this game, because, by the way, the unemployment rate's not 3.5%. It's really up near 30% of the nation, because when you look at the all able bodied, working age group individuals compared to who's in the workforce, the unemployment rate's very, very much higher, but we're not going to go down that road today. This is why they're trying to distract us, saying, well, the economy's not quite in a recession and job growth wasn't quite as what it was supposed to be. But at the same time, unemployment's better than what was expected. So everybody be happy. The uh, Biden administration has done well. Now, here's the big kicker. Is all of these headlines all over the nation? I'm sure you have some in your local community right now of saying, hey, is the economy doing well for small business? Because that's really where the focus needs to be, isn't it? Is small business. The mom and pop shop, the restaurant, the bar, the nightclub, the music venue, the tattoo parlor, the little mom and shop side uh, gas station or the general store or whatever it may be. Those are the ones that run the economy. In fact, small business, which they define small business as any business that has less than 500 employees. So you can have two or three different shops and still be considered a small business. They are 90% of the economy and economic growth in this nation. So if small business isn't doing well, then no one's doing well. You could say Walmart's doing well. You could say that Amazon's doing well. You could say that whatever's doing well. But if the small mom-and-pop shops that are running the country, generating 80 to 90% of economic growth in this nation while the big corporate guys actually you know, only run 10% of the economy, but they have about 90% of the decision-making in Washington, D.C. How screwed up is that process? Again, another conversation for another time. When they're not doing well, then we hurt. So I'm sure you've seen some local news stories all over the country saying, hey, how are the small mom-and-pop businesses doing? And the industry that's been hit the most has been, of course, the leisure and hospitality industry, the local restaurant, the local bar, the local nightclub, the local music venue where you don't have waiters and waitresses. I saw stories here in the Wichita area just today of another restaurant that's a big-name restaurant in the area that had to close doors because they couldn't find any help. Many restaurants that are trying to change their hours because they don't have enough staff to keep it open all the time. Those are the ones that are hurting. And you know the response from The Economist when they talk about this? They say, well, it's really because... That there's opportunities right now, even with a a looming recession, not a recession, but a looming recession. It's because people are having opportunities to gain more money and to get into better positions, to go into management, to work their way up the corporate ladder, to do the home business stuff, to make more money. And people are not wanting to try and struggle by working those hospitality positions like the waitress or the waiter, like the bartender. They're getting better pay. And just that statement alone completely erases all validity that they know what the hell they're talking about or even understand the concept of this private sector and this free market capitalist system that we have or that we're supposed to have. Because you know what those positions are supposed to be? The ones that are the waiters and the waitresses, the ones that are the entry-level positions making $10 an hour, $12 an hour, $15 an hour. You know what those positions are supposed to be? They're not supposed to be the parents with a with four children at home trying to maintain and take care of their family. I don't know who needs to hear that. Maybe it needs to be a reminder for those side of the aisle when the the fight for 15 and the minimum wage increase and we need to stop having companies take advantage of us and not pay us very much because we can't have a living wage off of that. You're not supposed to have a living wage. Those jobs are not supposed to be the living wage jobs. Those jobs are supposed to be for those trying to get back on their feet. They're supposed to be for the entry-level individuals trying to gain experience, trying to work their way through college trying to pay their way through education, doing whatever they have to do. They're not supposed to be that way. We have an opportunity here. And again, Republicans, feel free to use these talking points all you want to because obviously we're a little behind the eight ball with coming out with a plan that was back in the 1990s that seems to be working, so let's keep going. But right now we have a way better way to actually promote our ideas. We have an opportunity, Republicans, to win over a large portion of the community, wherever you may be in the nation. And here's that plan. Leisure and hospitality, while it did gain, and by the way, that was the number one job gainer for the month of September at near 83,000 jobs in that industry, followed by healthcare and social assistance. Government actually lost 25,000 jobs, so I find that kind of hilarious nationwide. But leisure and hospitality, the ones that work the hotels, the ones that work the bars and restaurants, the ones that work the nightclubs, the ones that work that stuff, the minimum wage jobs. We have an opportunity here. Republicans need to come up with a plan and say, hey, it's time to flood the market with young adults back into the workforce. We've been raising minimum wage that has priced a lot of these young adults out of the workforce. We've created technology to automate a lot of these entry-level positions that's priced them and completely removed opportunities for entry-level positions for young adults, high schoolers, junior and seniors, early college, trying to work their way through stuff, actually being able to make a buck, to learn about finances, to learn about hard work and work ethic. Here's the plan, Republicans. All of those jobs all over the nation with restaurants, looking for mom and pops and looking for workers. It's time to flood the market with the young workers. Again, get those high schoolers out there. Get them the work experience. Get them to make a little bit of money. Enforce the public education system to teach some type of K-12 finance class to teach them what holding a bank account's like, what having a savings account is like, what a credit card and interest rates are like, get them in the workforce, flood the market, and actually get them to get these jobs and see hospitality go through the roof, have the small businesses flourish again, and we can get things back on track. Don't get the people that are looking for $20 an hour with a family of four trying to salvage that and take care of their family. That's not who we're looking for in these industries. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Last few minutes of the program. Boy, I was going to try and lighten it up for a Friday today. And we still may here in just a second. But good golly, we've covered a lot of ground. Appreciate you hanging out with us today for the last few minutes of the program for a Friday. We have a lot of guests we have every day locked in for next week. Today we were going to have a guest. They had to reschedule today. So no big deal because this allows us to cover this kind of important information here. Do you like the plan? Giving the young adults in. I saw a headline. Actually, this is a story from the local area here in Kansas, but kind of pertinent to what we were just talking about. There was a Sonic uh, franchise owner that runs like Sonic, the drive through Sonic restaurant that got in trouble and had to pay, I don't know, like $40,000, $50,000 for uh, a couple of years of high school students and working them more than what the labor laws allow children under the age of 17 to work. Okay, I get it. You know, you broke the you broke the labor laws of 14- and 15-year-olds where you had them working like 12-hour shifts and getting maybe a 30-minute break. It's a little excessive. I get it. Okay, slap on the wrist. Don't be doing that stuff again. However, at the same time, I almost applaud the individuals because the kids, they worked them. They did it. And I got to give them kudos for having the work uh, the work ethic to want to go out and work a 12-hour shift with only 30-minute breaks and not walk away from it, not quit the job. They did it. And I applaud them because those are the type of workers that the workforce needs, and that's the type of workers that they should be to be a productive member of the community and for the success in their personal lives. They know how to work it. They've seen it. Come to the radio industry. You can see how many hours you work there as well. Uh, That's—I mean—it's just what you do. At times, hopefully not all the time. If you're working 20 hour days, you know, seven days a week, then you're going to get burnt out pretty quick. You can't do that, but so you have to set limitations. But at the same time, you put in your time and you understand that it's a work ethic and it's something to be very prideful of. And there are many kids that don't have that today because they expect to just waltz in 10 minutes after the clock in, walk out 20 minutes before the clock out and then wonder why they don't get a raise or they don't get a promotion. And when they are there, they think just showing up is enough to actually be good enough for the boss to be happy and that's not the case this is an opportunity when we have the workforce that is so strained right now and they say that we have more jobs open than workers it's not true we only are getting the ones that are trying to make fifty thousand dollars sixty thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars a year we're only focusing on them and then wondering why they're not taking the jobs as bussers and waiters and everything else at a restaurant or a bar or a nightclub Why are we not focusing on the young generation that says, hey, wait a second, I don't have any opportunities now because even McDonald's says that I need to make $15 an hour, which means now I almost need a college degree to walk in there and actually make some money when we could be just flooding the market with young kids eager, hopefully eager at least, supposedly, theoretically eager to go and make some money to save some cash to get some work under their belt so that way they can actually work with their way up and make some more money. This is the system that we have, but we don't have that now. In fact, Democrats despise that, so this plan is going to be out the door for any Democrat listening to the program because to them, they're the victim, so we just need more government programs to create social programs and create the welfare check and send it to the kids because there's no opportunities for them. There are, but it's not the ones that they want. Why can't I walk into a job and make $100,000 just because I got that college certificate? Why can't I do that? That's why trade schools are on the way up. That's why trade schools are exploding all over the nation. More kids are working with their hands and learning trades because they can make a good living. They can get a trade that no one else knows how to do. I don't know how to weld. I don't know how to be an electrician. In fact, I'm scared to death when there's wires sticking out somewhere because I don't want to blow something up. I would love to learn it. That would be super fascinating to me, but I am scared to death of blowing something up. Unless, Unless I did find out, I got home last night and... The little one, little voice of reason, she's eight, and she goes, dad, there's a snake under the house. Oh, yes. Now, for those <laughs> now for those that listen to, to the program, they know that is my number one phobia. I am not scared of anything else in this world except for snakes uh, and Democrats. But nonetheless, that's, again, where's my rim shot, man? Can't do this. I don't know, man. <phone rings> I have to work on it. I have to refine it and drop it back onto my wall here. Nonetheless, they said there's a snake that lives underneath our house, underneath the deck. And they found it. They saw it in the garden bed, and they saw where it goes down. So if an electrical fire happens to happen at the Hoosier house and at the Hoosier Media Network studios, and the house goes up, number one, thank God we have insurance, number two, I will know that the snake will no longer exist. (laughs) Just throwing it out there. It's a joke for all you insurance people out there. There's there's insurance. Republican trying to create insurance fraud for the money. No, it's to kill a snake and it would be totally justified if it happened as well. That does it for us today. Podcast going up here in just a little bit. We'll be back at it on Monday for a whole brand new week, one week closer to election time. Get ready, get your voting pens out and ready to go, baby. It's going to be a fun one. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.